hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. Remember the Rupert Holmes song, If You Like Pina Coladas and Getting Caught in the Rain? Well, if you do like pina coladas, the place to be this past week would be Puerto Rico, not for the rain, but because it was Pina Colada Day there last week. And in case you didn't know, the pina colada is Puerto Rico's national drink, and it's quite a celebration. So later in our podcast, we'll find out more from Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, by the way, is also getting set to welcome visitors again, opening its borders this week, so we'll get the lowdown on what the protocols will be as well. Plus, Wolf Potick, president of Trafalgar Canada, will join us to share some info about Trafalgar's three new fall tours you can do in Canada, designed just for Canadians. They're called the Near Not Far Limited Series, so we'll learn all about those later in the podcast. But to start things out, we're going to talk about travel rewards with Rewards Canada founder Patrick Soika. Should you use up your travel rewards points or miles or whatever you have now or save them for travel later? So Patrick joins us now to give us some advice. His website, by the way, is rewardscanada.ca. Hi, Patrick. Hi, Randy. Nice to talk to you again. Yeah, well, here's my dilemma. I have uh, just over 25,000 Aeroplan points, and I'm thinking, you know, maybe I should save them, get up to 30,000 because I can get two short-haul flights, maybe do, uh, you know, a trip to the West Coast or somewhere anyway. Uh, or should I cash them out in fear of losing them later? What are, what are your thoughts on yeah. that kind of strategy? So, so the good thing is with, with Aeroplan specifically, and I, and I would say even Air Miles in Canada, they're, they're big and they have big pockets, so we don't have to worry about them going anywhere. I don't, Air Canada as an airline, I don't think will fold. I don't think the government will let them fold, even though they're, you know, they're not a public company anymore. Um, they will be safe. Actually, Aeroplan is ramping up to, to launch their um, revamped program here in uh, the fourth quarter of this year. Um, and, and it looks like everything a go. It was supposed to happen in the last few weeks here, uh, early July, but that was pushed back, of course, because everything else had been mm-hmm. pushed back because of, because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no. So, so I think everything looks good. The, the only thing to, to take into consideration is they've already mentioned that in this new program, they're, they, they, they're pretty sure that with North America flights, they may do away with that fixed rate. <laughs> so that, you know, that 15,000 miles for a short haul flight to the West coast of Alberta, uh-huh. that may, that may be gone. What, what, what they may move to more, more, more to is like their market fare rewards that they already have. And that's where the, the miles fluctuate based on the price of a ticket. So there is a potential to get flights for less than 15,000 miles, but there's also the potential that you'd be paying more than that. It really depends on when you're going to travel, yeah. how full the plane is, et cetera. And so Aeroplan's already hinted that that's probably going to happen for flights in North America. Uh, for international flights, business class flights, they are saying that they're going to keep some of those best redemptions at what they are right now. So, so I hope we don't see uh, a major devaluation coming for the program. But yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, that's something to take into consideration. I, I don't think you need to use them up for fear of the program going anywhere. Um, I think the last time you and I talked, we were talking about um, you know using points and miles for, for things other than travel. Yeah, I was going to mention that because, uh, yeah, a lot of them, you can use them for hotels or car rentals or just gift cards if, you, if you're cash-strapped, right? It, exactly. Exactly. Say if you're cash strapped um, and you're worried, you know that you, you know, even if you think you may not be traveling, you know you may not, you're like right now it's like oh my gosh I have no cash I'm not going to be travel for three years then there's no harm in using up those points and miles right now. Um, you may get a little less value than you would with travel. However, you know 
if it helps you financially, then definitely go ahead and use up those miles. There, mm-hmm. There's no harm in doing that. You're getting value out of those miles rather than and them just sitting there and, and doing nothing for you. Mm-hmm. Well, then, and I did see with Aeroplan, and we're just talking about Aeroplan, but there's other, uh, obviously there's other uh, travel rewards programs out there, but they had a promotion not too long ago where you could buy points. So if you were close to maybe a couple of long-haul flights, uh, you could top them up uh, and get some really good uh, extra points for doing that, right? Yeah, exactly. So Aeroplan is following a lot of the other uh, hotel and airline programs in now offering a full-time option where you can buy miles. Um, but during certain times of the year, all these programs, including Aeroplan now, offer bonuses when you buy those miles. And yeah, so the, the first one was huge, up to 115% bonus is really probably one of the best buy mile bonuses ever seen in the industry. But they limited it to a certain amount. So it was gone within a few minutes, and then they went to 90% and 65%. And, and so what a lot of people do, yeah, they, they may be 5,000 miles short, so going by 3,000 miles or 4,000 miles, get the bonus so that they have enough for that trip. And, and a lot of times mm-hmm. it works out, it, it, it saves you money. Um, but on the other end, too, with these bonuses, you can go um, buy a whole bunch of miles, even if you have none, and, and use it to your advantage to save money on future travel. Uh, one one example right now is Intercontinental Hotels Group. They, they're running a 100% bonus when you buy IHG Rewards Club points. And, and you and I were just discussing how uh, I was looking at the holiday in Canmore, and you could buy points for two nights, enough points with this buy, buy points bonus, where the price for buying those points ends up being about $79 cheaper per night than paying the, the best available rate for members at that hotel. So there's really? a lot of advantages there, yeah, with those bonuses. You know, a lot of people aren't aware of them, but they can be used to save money on, on your future travel. Mm-hmm. And when you say 100%, let's do the math. If I buy 100 points, I'm getting actually 200, right? That, that's right. So, yeah. like, so I was looking at Holiday in Camor. It's 30,000 points a night. So basically you would go to ISG and buy the points. You'd buy 30,000, you get 60,000. And at that price, you're paying half a cent U.S. per point. So you're getting, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. yeah, about a, who is that, 100, I'm trying to do the math in my head. I think it's 150 U.S. dollars to get enough points for two nights. You convert it to Canadian. And the company that runs all these buy points bonuses for these companies is points.com. And they're Canadian-based, so we'll have to pay GST on it. But, yeah, in the end, when I converted it to Canadian, added a GST, and then I looked at redeeming two nights in September at the Holiday in Canmore. Um, like you said, it worked out by buying those points about $79 cheaper per night for buying those points. <laughs> and that's just one example, right? Uh, anything yeah, else that I missed that, uh, that's new out there for uh, rewards cards? Um, rewards cards, you know, it's, it's been kind of flat, of course. Right now, everybody's just trying to see what to do with the pandemic. Uh, the main thing with credit cards, a lot of them are are supporting those who have the cards. There haven't been any huge bonuses to sign up for cards, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of multipliers for dining and restaurants because that's really, and groceries, because that's really any, what anybody's spending on their credit cards right now. So we've seen um, RBC, we've seen American Express, CIBC, TD, all have put accelerators on their cards for existing members and sometimes for new card members uh, where it's two times points where, for dining or like Uber Eats, delivery services like that just to encourage you to be spending money. <laughs> of course. Um, but but on the things on the things that they know that you'll be spending money on. So yeah. that, you know, we're not we're not seeing accelerators on travel because yeah. nobody's really traveling yet. Um, but yeah, so on those things. So that's something to look out for. See if your card issuers are offering those. It's a good way to rack up extra points. Mm-hmm. Patrick Soik is the founder of Rewards Canada. The website is rewardscanada.ca. Sign up for his newsletter. 
and you'll be uh, up to date on everything. Uh, thanks again, Patrick. Awesome. Thanks, Randy. Well, if you like pina coladas, the place to be this past week would be Puerto Rico because it was pina colada day there last week. In case you didn't know, the pina colada is Puerto Rico's national drink, and it is quite a celebration. And Puerto Rico is also getting set to welcome visitors again, opening its borders this week. So to give us the lowdown on pina colada day and what the protocols will be, when visiting Puerto Rico in our COVID-19 world, we're very pleased to have Zio Rodriguez join us. She is the Communications Director for Discover Puerto Rico. The website is discoverpuertorico.com. Hi, Zio. Hello. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I guess I should say happy belated Pina Colada Day. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> How big of a celebration is uh, Pina Colada Day? And, and maybe give me a little history uh, behind Pina Colada Day in, in Puerto Rico. Definitely. Uh, Pina Coladas are the national drink here and uh, one of the most delicious drinks you can ever have, especially in uh, sunny Puerto Rico. But um, Pina Colada was uh, invented in 1954, and uh, we have a little bit of um, a rivalry between one of our local hotels, which is the Caribbean Hilton. They claim that one of their bartenders invented it, but there's <laughs> also a restaurant, Barra China, that has been um, around for a very long time, and they also claim to have invented the, uh, the concoction. But regardless of who invented it, it's delicious, it's refreshing, it's fruity, and um, it represents Puerto Rico in every sense of the word. <laughs> well, you're right. It is delicious. I do like them. Uh, so tell me about some of the celebrations. Does the whole country get involved? Is one of those things where everyone kind of raises a, a pina colada in celebration? Yeah, most definitely. And, uh, of course, as time has gone by, there are different variations to pina colada, too. So we all know the um, the frozen concoction that has the pineapple and the rum and, uh, and the coconut and it's uh, garnished with the cherry. But uh, we have great mixologists here on the island. We have a great cocktail culture. So some of them have taken uh, some variations to it. So there's some that then celebrate with the creating different variations. So you have, uh, there is a blue colada uh, at one of the local hotels here that incorporates blue curacao uh, on it. So it's nice and blue, but very delicious. There's also a couple of shaken coladas that instead of being done frozen, it's um, shaken and they've added a little bit of lemon. Some of them have a little bit of cinnamon. So definitely we, we all take on to celebrate with uh, different variations. <laughs> and in addition to that, there's a couple of restaurants here that have done pina colada-inspired dishes to celebrate. Nice. So you have one of the local restaurants that does a pina colada ceviche that has pineapple and coconut. Um, there's a pina colada creme brulee at one of the other restaurants. So definitely, we all, we all join in in the celebration of the delicious drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like a lot of fun. I think, obviously, this year, though, the uh, celebrations might have been a little bit subdued because of the COVID pandemic. Uh, and with that... Uh, Puerto Rico is opening up to visitors starting this week on July the 15th. So walk me through the process if I want to come to Puerto Rico and have a, a pina colada with you. Of course. We uh, definitely are 
taking very seriously the safety of our visitors and uh, our residents alike. So people are more than welcome to start coming in on July 15th. We've got uh, some arrival protocol that they need to go through. There is a declaration form that tourists will need to fill out before coming here, as well as uploading a negative test uh, to COVID, and then they will be landing on the island. They can bypass quarantine if they bring in their uh, negative test, and they can come out and have a wonderful time here in Puerto Rico, most of our attractions are open, the beaches are open, restaurants as well. So definitely they can come and have a wonderful summer vacation here on the island and uh, understand that they're going to be safe. Uh, so now just with the travel declaration form, is that on your website? Where would I get that? And would I have to, obviously it'd have to be certified by some professional, right? Correct. There is, uh, if you go to our website, discoverpuertorico.com, there is a travel advisory there, and you can find information about it and what the process is. There is also a link uh, within that travel advisory to the uh, San Juan Airport, which is our international airport, in case that you have additional questions as far as what the protocol is or if you have any requirements. But you can find all the information there. I invite everyone to, to go to discoverpuertorico.com and kind of uh, read through that and get the information about what to expect when they come to the island. Mm-hmm. And this is a very important uh, document because without it, uh, you could be <laughs> ended up uh, end up for a quarantine for 14 days on the island, right? Correct. Yes, that is a, a safety measure that um, has been determined by the government in order to try to avoid uh, contact and uh, the spread of the virus. So if you don't have that testing, you will have to quarantine for 14 days. Uh, And face coverings, mandatory at airports, uh, like most airports, uh, I think, around the world nowadays. So just little things like that. And it's all a reminder on your website, discoverpuertorico.com. And then once you get through that process, it it seems to me, based on what I'm reading here, is that you can do a lot of things that you could normally do uh, previous COVID, can't you? Yes, definitely. Our beaches are open, which are gorgeous beaches with golden sand and turquoise waters and um, our visitors can come out and enjoy that. Um, Our cuisine is just fantastic and most of our restaurants are open and they can um, go in and enjoy delicious meals in there. Um, Also other attractions uh, as far as like Old San Juan, some of the parks and museums, all of that is open. So people can definitely come down and have a really, really good time, enjoy what Puerto Rico has to offer with minimal restrictions. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me, too, like the properties, the hotels and uh, short-term rental units, uh, they've all gone through the uh, cleaning standards and protocols, haven't they? Yes, definitely. There is um, a health and safety guidelines that have been uh, shared with everyone, and there is a protocol that they have to follow. Um, all of them are in compliance with that, and definitely people can feel safe and understand that all of the measures to offer a clean and and, and healthy vacation experience have been taken care of. Well, it sounds uh, like things are starting to get somewhat back to normal. Uh, you can find lots of information on the Puerto Rico website, discoverpuertorico.com. And uh, 
Zeromara Rodriguez is the communications director for Discover Puerto Rico. Again, that website, discoverpuertorico.com. Here's to uh, happy belated Pina Colada Day. I'm raising a uh, virtual Pina Colada <laughs> to your health. We appreciate your, uh, your uh, info. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, we might not be able to do much international travel just yet, but we can plan to explore our own country this fall with Trafalgar Canada, as they recently announced three new fall tours you can do in Canada, designed just for Canadians. They're called the Near Not Far Limited Series. And joining us now to share some of the information about those tours is Wolf Ponick. He's president of Trafalgar Canada. Their website is trafalgar.com. Hi, Wolf. Hello, Randy. How are you? I'm doing very well, all things considered. Uh, tell me about the Near Not Far Limited series that Trafalgar has. I think this is a pretty cool idea, but uh, you explain the details for us. Uh, Near Not Far is a custom-made series of three different programs that are uh, put to travel in the month of September, where we, Trafalgar Canada, our staff and our operations have put together three beautiful itineraries for Canadian travelers only, covering the three most impressive parts of our beautiful country that many of us have traveled on business or traveled maybe personally, but there are so many things that we may have missed, we haven't seen, and there is such a vast richness of experiences that we simply want to showcase it and highlight it to our fellow Canadians and give them an opportunity to travel in a well-controlled environment with all the safety protocols being taken care of in a small group, discover the country, but also help fellow Canadians who are involved in the travel industry and who really depend on the travel industry for their livelihood. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think it's a fabulous idea. you got three, as you mentioned, different itineraries. Let's just cover uh, briefly uh, some of the three itineraries you got going here. So going from the West to honor you and fellow Western Canadians, uh, we are doing the Escape to the Rockies. The departure dates will be September 17 and 28 from Calgary back to Calgary. And really, the way we have put these together is to appeal to what is of interest to Canadians, because it is different how you put together a program for international travelers who typically look for the most iconic. They do their research based on what they must see, mm-hmm. whereas local traveler, domestic traveler, has already possibly traveled there. They would like to dig deeper and to get deeper cultural experiences, but first and foremost, they would like to establish true contact and connection with local people and have something that's going to be their own that they will carry as I have met somebody in, 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 in Banff or in Canmore, and I'm going to be bringing home really a better knowledge, better understanding of, of my own country. So we go to, clearly, we go to Jasper, we go to Athabasca Glacier, we do uh, little experiences along the way, we go to Banff, But we go to Canmore, and we do a very unique thing in Canmore. We go visit Canmore Eagles. We meet their coach. He helps our guests, lays them up, talks about the importance of hockey, 
and 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 they can eventually play a little bit of hockey and and and, and hear the lore and the importance of hockey in, in our culture, which we know is is huge. And to add to that, Randy, we know that people would flock to Banff, but I find that Canmore has grown into a beautiful community. And pretty much every time I'm in Banff, I make a sure I make a point of making a stop in Canmore mm-hmm. to walk around because things do change and, and, and we add some content to our to our communities and we deal with people in the communities like we deal with Canmore Eagles and, 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 and with their coaches and help expose our, our dear guest to uh, the lore of hockey in our country. Uh, we also go to, uh, uh, to the Boundary Ranch, and we meet Gwyn family, uh, one of the members of the family. We do take a hay cart ride uh, with our guests, show them the ranch, the beauty of the foothills of the Rockies, and then uh, we take them to take a bit of a line dancing and have our Be My Guest dinner, as Be My Guest is one of the pillars of Trafalgar Experience, where a local host shares uh, stories and, and their lifestyle and their uh, local cuisine with our guests. Again, yet another very, very meaningful connection. Cool. Um, there's also Ontario, Quebec, and uh, a trip into the Maritimes. Let's briefly uh, touch on those. Let's go now to the Far East. I mean, you and I have touched a little bit on the Maritimes in, in our earlier conversation. Certainly, uh, what a gorgeous part of the country. So it is Halifax. We go from Halifax to Cape Breton Island, so the heritage of Nova Scotia, inclusive of the Titanic stories in Halifax. We go to the Maritime Museum. We go to the cemetery where some of the uh, unfortunate victims of Titanic disaster are buried. Then we go to Cape Breton, very strong Irish influence. You would almost feel that you're in the Ring of Kerry, beautiful drives. We do the kitchen party, the Cayley. Uh, we enjoy the music and the fiddling. From there, we go to uh, Prince Edward Island by ferry, explore the home of Confederation. We also go, go to Shaw Inn in Brackley Beach, which is a beautiful historic property that four generations of this wonderful family strived to preserve. And we have our, our Be My Guest experience there, we hear the story of the inn, and we certainly help our our Canadian suppliers to uh, to have their guests and really to make sure that they are part of our broader family and that we all share uh, the situation the mm-hmm. way it is as best as we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you make a good point, by the way. I never thought of this either of uh, domestic tourists uh, looking for something a little different than international tourists, and you. Sounds like you've uh, certainly uh, tailored it that way. Let's uh, touch on uh, Ontario and Quebec just briefly. So Ontario and Quebec, briefly, we called it the Chateaus of Ontario and Quebec because uh, many Canadians know that this country has been built on uh, a railroad and that that was the first mean of connecting the shores of Canada. And in order to promote travel by railroad, the railway barons were building these wonderful chateau-style hotels to entice travelers to take the train and to be treated like royalty because traveling back in the day was a privilege of only super rich. So they were trying to popularize the travel, and we follow the trail of these 
exquisite chateaus starting at Royal York, going to Chateau Laurier, the political intrigue, the history of Bytown, then going to Chateau Montebello, my favorite, the largest hotel built of logs anywhere in the world, the same designer as the one who designed Jasper Lodge. 10,000 logs from BC were shipped to Quebec by Ottawa River to create this beautiful property with fantastic grounds because the owners were so impressed by Lucerne in Switzerland that they wanted to create Lucerne in Canada. Can mm. you imagine that? Yeah. <laughs> and Randy, from there, we go to the most iconic of them all, the Chateau Frontenac in Quebec City with beautiful vistas of St. Lawrence River, mm-hmm. walks through the old town, food experience in, 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 in Quebec, which is really unique cuisine, unique culture in every way. Uh, a little drive to Montmorency Falls, to Ile d'Orléans, where we go to Cabana Sucre, to the Sugar Shack, have a beautiful traditional Quebecois dinner, and then come back to Montreal to the modern Chateau Queen Elizabeth, one of the most important hotels in Montreal. And a little tidbit, many people have been there, but they do not know that John Lennon and Yoko Ono yes. uh, created a bed sit for a week. They wouldn't leave their bed and their room because they were protesting against the war. So we are able, we have the expertise, the know-how to discover these really, really true emotional connections with people in places in our country. And furthermore, we have the expertise to ensure that the well-being of our guest is really not only taken super seriously, but that it is absolutely executed and, 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 uh, and, and adhered to not only by us, as the organizer, but by every supplier, every accommodation, every place we go to. So the group size is maximum 26. So we can provide social uh, physical distancing on board a coach. People board first who are sitting in the back. Uh, People who are sitting in the front, they disembark first. In addition to the travel director, we have well-being director. So we have an individual whose task is to absolutely ensure that all the protocols, the pre-trip declaration that's being signed, that all the surfaces are sanitized, that the filters on board the coach are changed daily, that all of the suppliers are in complete compliance with our standards based on the World Health Organization and World Travel Council. Uh, We uh, have sanitizer in ample supply. We expect people to bring their own mask and gloves, but if they don't have it, we'll certainly have them uh, ready for them. Mm -hmm. So it is all very, very well taken care of. And I would say it's probably going to be the healthiest environment, the smallest size of the group, the most enjoyable environment to travel in the company of like-minded Canadians, because, to repeat, these are for Canadians only. Mm-hmm. And, well, fall is a great time to see all of these areas. And uh, and, and and your point on with the reduced uh, capacity, that means these will probably sell out quickly. So if you're thinking about doing this, I guess uh, sooner than later, right? Absolutely. And you can visit Trafalgar website and find these three beautiful trips Call your travel uh, advisor or call us, and and we certainly are absolutely looking forward to host Canadians on these specially designed trip in trips in Canada. 
Took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, Wolf Ponick is the president of Trafalgar and Cost Saver Canada. Uh, that uh, website again, trafalgar.com. And thanks for your insight, Wolf. Take care. Pleasure. Thank you, Randy. And uh, biggest regards to your listeners. And that is this week's Informed Traveller podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveller radio show heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website at theinformedtraveller.ca. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know. Leave us a review. Tell a friend. And if you want to drop me a line, my email is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler. Or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.